Welcome to Not The Bees Horror Podcast, a show where a trio of terrors get together to talk about a trio of terrors. What that means is that we have a long list of subgenres within the world of horror. We each pick a movie and we make each other watch it. And now we are here to discuss. It's fair to say that we don't always agree. So do listen on to see if our choices get a hammering or did we actually nail it? Mm. The reason for that terrible analogy will come to light very soon. But for now, let's do some introductions. I am your host, Justin Crane. And as always, I am joined, 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 joined by my oh, movie maniacs. absolutely seamless till then. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I was joined by my movie maniacs. You just make me wobble. Uh, joined by my movie maniacs who take the shape of one Ruth McPhee. Hello. And one Mark Boomer Williams. Hello. How you all doing? Good. Great. Doing good. That was yeah. a very good intro. I'm very, I'm very proud Thank of you. you. I'm trying to get more professional at this. You did a very good job today. Good. These Thank are recorded you. out of order, so next episode is terrible. This is the one thing as well. People are going to know. So whenever it comes to this, is essentially. So I'm jumping ahead here. This is our Easter special. Yes. So it is. we didn't think about the fact that Easter was a thing ages ago when we did the other ones. No, so this one is the newest one and the other ones are from the past, but they're in the future soon. And that's confusing. Yes. That's the magic of broadcasting. It is. We can time travel. What? <laughs> <laughs> now, as we're discussing uh, the movies, we should say the spoilers abound. Uh, so maybe hit pause if you haven't seen them. Go check out the Instagram feed, which is available or <laughs> the tag is not not the bees. i don't know what it is not the bees hp i think thanks hp source you know. set it up just put i just do it but not the bees in there you'll find you'll it find eventually. it i do a post every twice a month look for nicholas cage's screaming face yes that's on it so check out the instagram us. feed we'll put up the movies we're gonna be watching so jump in watch them in advance so you can mm -hmm. join in um however most of these are a few years old one of them today isn't these being the films not the podcast oh, i know yeah, i yeah. said that we record them ahead of time no, we no. haven't got like a hundred of them no, in the bank no no so you know if uh if we spoil anything for you you know, that's if that's on you. on you. That is on you. And also, we'll be telling you what they are in advance. If you You've look at prepared the very exactly. poorly, yeah. you, know. you idiots. Exactly. So, uh, Boom has already spoiled it. Uh, we are diving into the world of the Easter Bunny. No, <laughs> we are diving into uh, religious horror. Religion today. is, of course, synonymous with Easter because of all those chocolate eggs. All those rabbits. <laughs> Everyone can really understand where we're going with this. I mean, I, I guess this is now the point where I go into my history of it, I suppose. Yes. So, um, in a, okay. Could I, could I just interject and yeah. say that there is a, like a tiny subgenre of Easter horror films? There is. But they are almost without exception 
very shit. So if you know a good one, let us know. What was the Easter one we watched? Absolute shit. Yeah, can't was, even. What? I've blocked it from my mind. Yeah, fuck it. Um, yeah, I don't. It's Black not. Sheep? It's not like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Christmas horror where there's a lot of good Christmas horror. It's kind mm. of. It's a really bad. Maybe we should write subgenre. one. Maybe we should. Yes, it can't be hard to be worse than what's available. No. So we have not gone for the Easter themed horror. We have gone to the religious angle. Yes. So the well, true meaning on. of Easter. Yes, exactly. The true <laughs> meaning of Easter is like you know, the whole reason of Easter yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> is is the religious. We're part. going back to well, the roots of Easter. Well, well, or, okay. it, or is it? Is it? Is it? Okay. Don't so know. hit me. This is going to be difficult because this is possibly the most complicated history of horror I've ever had I to do. <laughs> so this, like I said, this is going to be hard because it's really, really broad. There are loads of different religions, belief systems, and each one is going to create a separate offshoot in cinema because every single one of them is different. So where they're going to go from there is different. And then we also, also we have to navigate the creatures that come from them. So things that are like associated, like for example, uh, like creatures, entities, things of the paranormal, a lot of these actually stem from religions. And... Yeah, many of which are like a good example actually is vampires. So vampires are like they cannot be excluded these days from the Christian mythology because they're always something in there. Like you know how crosses, cross, yeah, cross and daylight and all these things. These all come from like the big old tie of like good and evil. But then we go to a different hot shoe, and so if we go to this hot shoe, it's like we're talking about vampires. Do we then so talk talk about Slavic folklore with the Strigoi, where it all eventually came from as well? And then we're talking into zombies as well. Now we're going off on a completely different tangent. So I don't really know now where I'm going with it. <laughs> you see what I mean? This is why it gets very confusing because technically these are all still part of like religions and so on. And what is folk horror but just a religion that's not Christianity that's and just true. perhaps a smaller one? I suppose we have picked films that to us seem inherently religious in their themes. But again, aren't many folk horror ones essentially just religious films, but maybe not one of the big popular ones. (laughs) Not the big three. (laughs) Not the big three. Uh, So uh, as to bring it in, I'm not attempting to shame you here, Jazz, but I'm going to slightly do it. Yeah. My first two choices for this episode were rejected because um, one was based in the Hindu religion and another one based in a small Indonesian religion, both of which apparently are not religious horror because they're not big and white. (laughs) (laughs) Did I shame you too? Maybe. I don't remember this. Maybe not you. I don't quite remember I feel this. like it was... You didn't shame me. I think, I think the point you were trying to make is this is an Easter special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're, is, we're, it's all about Jesus. So what, yeah, exactly, so, we're going so, Jesus. So, when, yeah, so what I should really do is rein this back in, calm down <laughs> a bit, and then maybe go for the fact that essentially when we're talking about religious horror in the context of this podcast, because it's our Easter, sub, Easter special, we're going for... The classic big whites of uh, Judeo-Christian horror. Fair yes. enough. Yeah. So I think, I think that's that's probably the best way to put it. I should probably stop calling them the big and white religion. <laughs> <laughs> we but should yeah. probably all exp- also explain, we're, I'm pretty sure we are, we're all pretty much atheists. Yeah, we agnostics. are. We don't give a shit about yeah, it. I, 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 I absolutely love religion in the sense that I find interesting. And I in, find it really in the same way as... Um, cultures and cults are interesting <laughs> exactly yeah i think mm. re- but I, I i couldn't for the fucking life of me actually agree to these r- ludicrous rules that they follow they make no fucking sense i even said to I said, literally last night i said to Gemma, we were talking about this kind of stuff 
And people, and if people want to follow that, and that's up to them, as long as they cause no harm mm-hmm. or impose on anyone else's life or lifestyles or whatever like that, that's absolutely fine. But I was talking to Gemma, and I was just like, "Fucking hell! Could you imagine having to get up early on a Sunday to go to church?" <laughs> <laughs> to, to sit that, was, to. that was the worst thing you could imagine. <laughs> I've, I, I've done it loads of times in my life. I, I oh come, yeah, I, I used come to from go. a fairly religious family. Like I always remember, like one thing my dad always would do when we go visit my grandma up north. And um, that's and like because they lived in England, and like his family lived in Wales. And so my grandma, would, like, he wouldn't have to go because he's Church of Wales. Yeah, all oh, right, cool. So, like, where was I baptized? <laughs> oh, oh, you're Church of England, right? So, when we go to Wales, go right. So, I don't have to go, right? Because I'm Church of England, shut up and get in a car. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so, d- doesn't make a difference yeah. anyway. So. It clearly doesn't work. You've heard me. Listen, you know, I, I'm not the world's most polite man of our religion, but I anyway, wonder, I suppose there must be some religious horror fans, but I feel like. In general, you can probably enjoy horror more if you're not religious. Do you think? I definitely think so because I think you don't. You're not going to have many ones. Te- quite often, God wins in many horror films. As with the, the first episode we did, I picked The Devil Rides Out, where God mm. won in that. God one. did win, which is an odd choice for me to mm-hmm. kick God this wins whole thing in the stand. <laughs> it's a big golden hat. <laughs> <long> hand <laughs> there's, there's, there are loads of them, but so let, let's go back to like the, the horror again. So about the the history again. So where does it start? Where does like this this branch of religious horror start? The Bible. Well, devil Rides Out. <laughs> we're, we're going wait. We're going. Well, yeah. The Bible, I guess, is the correct answer, but films didn't exist then. Sure. So essentially, anything with the devil in it, you're going to have to account to that. This is why it's so difficult because if anything has a mention of God or the devil or Jesus or anything like that, it then automatically becomes at least associated with religious horror. But conveniently, the first ever film made, so I have read, was a horror film called Le Manoir du Diable, oh. which is House of the Devil in, 19, in 1898. It was three minutes long and it featured an incarnation of the devil, which technically makes it a religious horror. It's true. First horror short. Yeah, first horror short, first horror long. That was well long back in the day. It was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> No one could believe it. This is the longest yeah. film I've ever it, seen. It was the longest and the shortest at the time <laughs> horror film that ever existed. But when it comes to horror films, again, what we're, I'm going to whiz right on the first ones that kind of mattered. And to be honest, there's two real important ones. Can I guess one? Yeah. Is it The Exorcist? That's the second. First one. Oh, Devil Rides Out. <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's oh, of Baby. course. Rosemary's Baby was 1968 and The Exorcist was um, 1973. Could I... Again, maybe I should wait. Okay. I'm just going to say, I feel like there's a difference between horror films which focus on the devil and horror films which are kind of... So The Exorcist, you get a lot of the... Um, a lot of it is about the priests and their battle, mm-hmm. whereas Rosemary's Baby, I feel like you're seeing it. It's all the devil. Does yeah, that make sense? It does, it does. That, one, that one's kind of like... That's why I like to mention those two, yeah. because they cover like both sides of it like yeah. there's the devil worshipping side like the literal devil worshipping and satanists in the sense of being devil worshippers and then there's the exorcist which comes on and then brings like the other side of it like mm. the possession and the fact like brings it more of an entity that starts to actually start to physically affect the world and you see the struggle of um the the good as it were the the good represented by the priests in the exorcist mm-hmm. against that and Whereas also, Rosemary's baby, she's fucked, isn't she? Yeah. No one's on her side. Literally. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it actually does get raped by the devil, essentially. <laughs> but hey, one thing I wanted to add about the exorcist. The and eyes. This is, yeah. <laughs> I wish we could have seen his eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah we never true. did. Oh, we we never saw. You saw the devil's eyes, though. We didn't see his. The baby's. The baby, you didn't see the baby's eyes, but you no. saw the devil's eyes. You just have to imagine those. Yeah, I guess. What you imagine is far worse than what could have been put on. Always, film. always. But the thing is about The Exorcist. The Exorcist is the main one. I've, I haven't actually listed another film other than those two, because I don't think there's any need to, because we're going to talk about some later on. And the most, arguably, this is a really interesting theory I've heard explained, and I agree with it, is the most culturally important film of all time mm. is The Exorcist. Okay. Because Explain. without The Exorcist, the satanic panic doesn't happen. And without the satanic mm. panic not happening, in Western, the Western world we're talking here, of course, it is everything kind of offshoots in some way in horror from this pivotal point. This is when horror really gets ramped up. Things like this are really happening. People, after The Exorcist, people started like claiming possession more than they ever had before. There's all these like satanic things, like satan like sacrifices, and all these kind of things are happening. No one had ever heard of this stuff before, so no one had ever claimed it had. Now you got a bunch of idiotic, mostly Americans, all just like claiming that these horrible things are happening, and the entire country is in chaos for over a decade over this shit. So arguably, name another film that has had that impact, and on it the world. gave gave right it gave the fundamentalist right a enormous platform. It did on which to, absolutely. It gave them something to fight against. Yeah, it, it it made it very very public, very personal, and in every town and city in America, these things were happening. People were thinking people were possessed, and all this stuff happened. And it's because of a fucking film by William Friedkin. What was the first sort of um, band that utilized? Satanic messaging, or interesting. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot. A lot, a lot, lot of bands used religious me messaging before, like in the 60s, 50s, 60s. I imagine. I think there's a band called Witchcraft that may have been the number one, and then they claim that Sabbath stole their stuff. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, sh I should have known Sabbath. Yeah, Sab Sabbath, I'd say, were the number one who may. If they weren't the first, they're the first to make it popular and mainstream. Certainly, and I doubt I, they didn't nick it off anyone. They just. Those ideas town. were out there, weren't they? You know, yeah. you can't say, oh, Black Sabbath stole my ideas because I was talking about yeah, satanic possession. Uh, I believe that the, the thing behind Sabbath was that um, I think they'd seen like people queuing around the corner to watch like films like Black mm -hmm. Sabbath. And like, a, why do people want to go and watch and get scared? Why don't we just make music that's scary? And that was like the, the sort of like spark that sort of lit the fucking mm -hmm. sick, sick fire of mm -hmm. Black Sabbath. I should. Uh, have you done? Um, no. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> no, there's more. Okay, so good. yeah, there okay. is more. I mean, like uh, after that, obviously, as we know, religion in horror films never went away. It's just non-stop. It's a, it's an omnipresent thing. It's always happening. There's always a new religious horror film coming out at the moment. There's even one starring coming out soon called The Pope's Exorcist, starring Russell mm. Crowe. Oh yeah. And I've seen the trailer, and it looks fucking gash. But yeah. terrible name. Terrible name for. Film. Yeah, I mean, there's so many exorcism films, and. The, the best one is still The Exorcist, out of all of them. I quite like, um, I, well, we'll see from my choice today, but I quite like films where it's not that the idea of the devil is scary, it's the idea of religious uh, zealotry is scary. Mm, I find that so quite it's, it, Yeah, it's, 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 it's not it's, saying we should be scared of the devil, it's saying we should be scared of the insane religious people. <laughs> I get, and I think that's come through several times, especially, and I know, you, I, yeah. I know you're a fan, this is, remember back to our episode about The Mist, yeah. One of the scariest things in it is when everyone starts turning to religion. Yeah. And when people turn to religion, they become very unhinged and mm -hmm. they become very... 
if you if you are a religious leader and you have the following of people, you can just fucking say whatever you like, and people will take up arms and attack people and do terrible things because you can whip people up into a frenzy. But I mean, one one of the reasons why I say again is why religious horror is so like omnipresent and everything. If you just look at ideas like redemption, salvation, righteousness, justice, temptation, wickedness. And the idea, essentially, of good versus evil. You can tie them all into religious horror. Because religion is just so fucking wormed its greasy fingers into everything. I'm starting to think we've bitten off more than we can chew with this. Possibly. <laughs> Very possibly. Conceptually, I feel like it's big. I might have gone bigger <laughs> on this than necessary. I could have just... It's very good. It's your yeah. best one so far. It oh, gives us you. a good framework, yeah. and I think that we can now, you know, let's where do our three choices, some of which may be good, some of which may not. Hiya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where, where do we fit our choices into this lovely conceptual framework that you've outlined for us? Excellent. Yeah. So let, let's roll that try die. Okay. And we should also up. add that uh, as we're, well, from my, my path as well, we're not. We're going to be talking about religion, but we're no experts in that. In those, we've got some rough ideas. Yeah, we've got various upbringings and knowledge. I got, a, I got very religious. I have a, my, my gramps was a minister. My granddad wow. was involved in the church. I'm, I'm from a, a very atheist family. I remember my mum once sent me to Sunday school with a friend because she was like, probably I should, you know, maybe you should see for yourself. And I was like, came away. I was like, that's laid up. It's not she just wanted you to have the house for <laughs> Sunday morning. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, what does the try die say? Well, I, I again, we roll a dice, choose the movies. I'm number one, Ruth is number two, and Boom is number three. What up? So let's... Oh, no. It's, <laughs> and the first roll... It's, it's fallen into a coil of string. Uh, number two, over to Ruth. Ooh, Ruth, you get okay. Off. okay. Awesome. So, Ruth, tell us about your choice. I have chosen the film Saint Maud. Very which good. is our most recent film. It's from, uh, I think, 2019. Yeah, it's probably the most recent one we have done. So if you haven't seen it, stop now stop. and watch. Yes, do, because actually I think that one of the things that uh, blew me away when I saw St. Maud first is the ending. And I think you don't you don't want to know what the ending is before you see it. And oh. the impact is incredible. Um, but so we have to talk about the ending. We do have to talk about the ending because it's yeah, so intrinsic to the film. Be warned, we... Yeah. If you, if you uh, yes, maybe stop now or whiz it on, I don't know what to say. To whiz you. it on. Whiz it on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this not a term everyone uses? Whiz we're, it no. on. Right, we're going. We're going back to like. Sorry, I knew we weren't. We weren't going to digress today, but we're going to immediately. Do you remember we talked about in? I think it was the Christmas special when everyone has their like. We talked about the poo knife and like everyone's like thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the poo knife and uh, like how people have their things in their like household. The, the weird family things. Like yeah, whiz it on is a common phrase in my in the Williams household. Oh. So Fair if enough. you're like if you need to fast forward or skip anything, yep. whiz it on. Was it on? Was it on? Okay, so if you haven't watched St. Maud yet, either go and watch St. Maud or was it on? Um, here's my introduction to St. Maud. Um, I, this is the first film I watched after COVID. So after all the lockdowns ended, I'm trying to think there maybe if were later more, <laughs> more lockdowns. There were more lockdowns. I hadn't been, to, basically, I hadn't been to the cinema for months and months and months and months. I love going to the cinema. Uh, I was so excited to go back to the cinema. Um, and St. Maud was on, and this is the sort of film I feel like, you know, Bond was cancelled. 
the cinemas were struggling to find things to show because yeah. a lot of the big films, the big releases were not, they were saying we're going to wait till more people are happy to go back to the cinema. So I kind of was like, God, this 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 is like a, this small indie horror film directed by Rose Glass, who's a first time director, British director. Um, and I thought I'm going to get this chance to see it in, in one of like the big mainstream cinemas. Uh, I, I think there are about four people in <laughs> the whole <laughs> of this massive screen. Uh, and it was my first experience going to the cinema for months and months and months. And it was it felt like an incredibly intense, uh, amazing experience because the film is intense and amazing. Yeah. Um, and when I rewatched it, I kind of was like, oh, is it still going to have that same impact on me in a different situation? And it really did. And I think, honestly, I think it's a masterpiece. Like, I think it's mm. an incredible film. The soundtrack is amazing. It's got a really kind of, it's almost, uh, It's I wouldn't call it music. It's kind of sounds and it's atmosphere more atmosphere, than atmosphere, exactly. Ethel, maybe? Yeah, and sus- noises and... Um, strings like like horrible weird sounds um and the uh, the gist of the film is there's a um, a nurse who's been who's left her job in the nhs as a result of a kind of a terrible accident where someone's died uh, and she goes to be a private nurse in this big house to um uh, a hospice nurse a hospice nurse to a, a dying woman um and the dying woman is played by jennifer ely and the uh, young nurse Maud is played by uh, Moffid Clark, yep. but uh, Boomer's going to say this better for me as a Welsh person. Well, I, yeah, that's, that's, I think you said it right. We we did have the discussions of whether the double D makes it a TH or a D. I had to look it up myself as well because I live in England. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, kind of faux Welsh, really. I've got an English accent. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, she, I looked it up. She she did pronounce it as Moffat. So. Okay. So we'll go with Moffat. So, um, but basically, Maud is is uh, increasingly obsessed with the idea that she's a, a kind of a savior and that she's been chosen by God for the duty of saving this woman's soul, and becomes um, throughout the film like increasingly unhinged and engages in all these kind of like a really sort of self-destructive self-harmful behavior and then the denouement of the film is uh just a hideous uh shall i say should i say it now yeah let's so just, she, let's, let's so just she, go to it because she's fucking basically rad. stop now if you haven't seen it this is the fucking <laughs> she's, shit she's kind of in this delusion that she's um martyring herself i suppose uh Almost feels like transcendence. Yeah, like exactly. So a really a like trans, a kind of an ecstatic transcendence. Um, and then the very so she she sets herself on fire, and there's this shot of her with angels' wings, where she's kind of rapturously gazing at the sky. And then you get just like the a split second of a frame, which is just her like burning, like screaming and burning. And I remember the truth. Exactly, and I remember is it, seeing that at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the, like, at the cinema, that's the last frame. And then it goes, like, bam, and it says St. Maud. And then that's the end. And I was just like, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my exact thought when I'd say it. was like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. And it's so impactful. And I think that the film builds so well through the film. And it has her, you see some of her delusions. But you can also see that she's clearly, like, it's it's 
it's psychological in the sense that there's a, you know there's a lot of good horror films which are about somebody's mental disintegration mm-hmm. and this is a film about someone's mental disintegration i think did it i love this i love it likewise love I, think, it. I think it's great yeah. um did uh, and i may have missed this did the aspect of what happened to her when she was a nurse mm. cause her piousness and get, falling into that or I, I was guess, she, do you, I, guess or, yes. I mean it never really gave any hit I mean I'm, I'm just thinking did I leave the room when it twice no I, th- <laughs> I think that it suggested that she had she you know she had a you sort of see it a little bit it's it doesn't overuse the flashbacks like you just get glimpses yeah, yeah. where she killed somebody through misadventure basically um, and I it implies like that was what led to her having a kind of conversion I think to okay. being because there, there is that other uh, she bumps into some people yeah, and yeah. say oh I, I remember yeah. what you used to be yeah like, and they're like oh you get the impression you know she used to go out drinking um, she used to sort of you know there's the scene where she has a hor- horrible sexual encounter with somebody and, and mm. they are like I used to see you around and um, yeah I think there's the idea that it's kind of grief and guilt has triggered her religious conversion yeah so and she, she's she's, she's found, looking she's for known. redemption, like you said earlier about the idea of redemption. She's looking for something that can save her. Mm. Yeah, so it's what, very powerful. So I mean, let's let's go to the hook. <laughs> I, sp- I feel like I've said a bit about you. The kind hook of already. really have, yeah. Um, <laughs> one, so one thing that um, I like about Saint Maud, and also tying into kind of um, religious history, I suppose, and the aesthetics of religious history, is. Um, it really uses these the kind of idea of martyrdom. Mm. And I think that, so she has, there's a bit where she puts like nails into her shoes and she goes, it's so horrible. So, ah! There's a thing, I've, I've got that one in my notes. It's like, is it any kind, any kind of self-flagellation? It's just absolutely fucking mental. It's like, really hard to even, watch, isn't Even it? just like her kneeling on the popcorn kernels. It's so hard to watch. Anyone who's yeah. trod on a plug, right? <laughs> That's my biggest fear. Yeah, just, it's like treading on a Lego. I go fucking mad. If I see shells, just lift a plug, upturn. Like, you fuck, I can fucking stand I, on I this. Read I can stand on this. Do you know how bad that hurts? It's the worst pain. I don't care if I prolapse disc in my back. That plug. <laughs> <laughs> I read somewhere that, um, and you might have seen it as well, but in, I want to say Japan. It might not be Asia or, or somewhere around Japan's there. Japan's in Asia. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get that. <laughs> uh, but as a, as a, a form of uh, punishing... Um, kids and stuff mm. they get them to kneel on frozen peas Ooh. which is Ooh, very I, much yeah, like no, that. I have so you get the freezer yeah. burn and yeah. the hard oh i think it's i think as well it's but it's then you a, get mushy peas for dinner so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's like a recognizable pain isn't it that yeah. you can imagine mm. and i think so she's a bit and she, that's yeah sorry that's the thing like everything in oh, this is go, all, oh. all recognizable yeah if every you know, i almost feel even when she's in like the shitty bar like on a seaside town oh, it's, so like grim. That, it just, it's grim but we've all been in a fucking yeah, shitty bar in a seaside town and that's i think you've you've hit exactly right there jazz like that it everything's relatable and you can feel everything in that yeah. film i think also what um it may i mean i think obviously as a, a you guys maybe identify with the character as well, but I think that there's the kind of really extreme examples of self-harm, like the nails in the shoes, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, like she the... Burns a, she burns Yeah, burns her hand, hand on the stove and stuff. But I think also the kind of, like, everyday acts of sort of self-destruction and misery that a lot of people do, like going out and getting so drunk that you are... You're basically 
having a terrible time what and you're, you're really about? unhappy. How dare you? You take that back. Um, <laughs> so drinking, I don't know. I think. <laughs> I mean, it's a very, it's a very visceral yeah. um, form of, uh, of witnessing the pains of isolation. Yeah, basically, absolutely. Um, yes, know. and and the uh, Jennifer Ely character Amanda says to her, she's like, she says, "I think you're the loneliest girl I've ever seen." And I think that's oh, such that's a sad line, so isn't it? Heart, it's yeah. so yeah. sad. It's the, so sad. The dynamic between those two is so wonderfully, like, both beautiful and heartbreaking and standoffish all at the same time. The they, performances are incredible. They're incredible, I yeah. think. Um, I, I've got a note down here, which I, I think I think fits into this as well. Um, and a lot of it, and, and the two friends, they actually touch upon this, but mainly mm. between um, Maud and the person she's mm. looking after is um, that... This whole thing is um, people not being accepting of other people that are different. Mm. Um, but that comes from Maud to everyone else yeah. because she's not accepting of people just getting on with their lives and it's, people aren't accepting of her because yeah, it's, it's, she's it's, just a weirdo. It's yeah, a film them. about isolated people, I suppose, isn't mm. it? And people see, locked inside their own and point the, of view. The, the mm. scene when she's she's just gone and she's like in a cafe eating chips on her own and she's the voiceover is like i wonder what brought amanda to this town like she must hate it as much as i do and the cafe is just full of like single lonely people and you really get that sense of like um disassociation and isolation but there's also elements and and there's there's a kind of it's a really just throwaway scene or maybe it's not but i don't think there's a throwaway scene i think it's perfectly but when she when she meets up with um uh, she gets fired, doesn't she? Yeah. From, from, yeah. And then she meets up with the new nurse. Esther. Uh, yeah. Esther. And they have that conversation and it's all fine. And then she realises that actually she's getting on really well. And all she wants to really be is accepted and to be, um, or, or to, you know, she she's gutted that someone's fine. It's just, yeah. it's, it's heartbreaking watching that as well. Yeah. It um, is, it's, it, it is a film that will elicit a really strong emotional reaction out of you. I find it's very haunting. I think it's um, if if what you want from a film is to really feel it for a long like I after you see it, it you know it stayed with me for days actually it, when yeah, I first that, saw Saint Maud. That's, that's exactly the yeah. type of film. It's the one. It's, um, it's one that will stay with you for a very long time after you watch it. But I, I think that the I actually wasn't even happy about rewatching <laughs> it to be honest. Like I, I think it's a fucking amazing film. It's a, it's a hard watch. It's incredible. But like when you said like you're picking that for yes, great choice. Oh fuck, I've got to <laughs> okay. watch that. So then of course we came down to the time of my house. I'm going to watch it and to show. Yeah. Like, I'm going to watch Saint Morgan. I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> I don't need to fucking watch that again. Like she again agrees. It's an amazing film, but it's not maybe a multi-watch film. It's, it's not like how you'll put on Big Trouble in Little China for the hundredth <laughs> time and you'll but fucking watch that shit again. But it makes me. So when I watched it, I was thinking. I'm kind of surprised there aren't more films about the martyrs because if you read the stories of the Christian martyrs, the, all of their deaths are fucking horrible. Yeah. Like yeah. burning. That was popular. <laughs> um, there was, I went to, um, I saw a little statue of a saint the other day and then I, he was in the statue like holding a saw and then I read about him and he was basically... Um, he, he got bone tomahawked basically so he Ooh. the story of this martyr was he was like bisected like he was sawn in half essentially down the middle um and all the you're like god 
the, these the, they're so over the top like the deaths of the martyrs just like horror film deaths they're like they're so over the top this is again why religion fits so well yeah, into horror because that's what I mean, it's fucking yeah. terrifying yeah and it's it's kind of deaths that are necessarily incredibly graphic and incredibly um almost public like people need to see them because that's the point of the death so speaking of death let's go over to the news then what's yeah. the, what's Sorry, the best death i feel um, i'm gonna press the button but I feel, <laughs> I feel all these categories for this this movie are just uh, a bit too too blasé a bit yeah. too trivial because it's too it's too, too in, real yeah too yeah fucking well, let's real. try let's try okay <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to go for Maud. Yeah, Maud. Who else are you going to be? <laughs> Even the fucking word. I was reading up the synopsis at the end, just in case, you know, I always do that. Just And just the word self-immolation. Self-immolation. It's just fucking horrible oh. itself. Good, good band name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing. It's, again, another thing I forgot to mention with the whole like, religious horror thing, and like, you just touched on a minute or two ago, Ruth, is the, like, the iconography and the look mm. of religious stuff. It's fucking great. I love Catholic iconography. I think, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I amazing. think, as atheists or non religious people, we can totally appreciate that. Like, oh, yeah. some of the best art that has ever been made is religious art. Yeah. The, the iconography the, the building, is amazing. The, the buildings as well. Like, things like, if you look at a Norwegian stave church, like, I'm a huge black metal fan. I don't agree with them burning those because they're one of the most beautiful buildings I've ever fucking seen. Look at the Norwegian stave churches. Fucking rad AF. <laughs> the um, the the one saving grace I have out of this <laughs> is that the very not the very very end scene, but at the end when it's all going through, um, she sprouts beautiful golden wings. Light is shined everywhere. Everyone's kneeling down in front of her. I fucking wish. <laughs> That's in her mind, that's what's I happening. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. in her mind, that's that is. I mean, what's until happening. the end, not yeah. not not even. You know, she doesn't even get a glimpse of that little mm. bit that, that she. Uh, I think she it's it's. I don't want to read. You know, I don't know why people are religious, but I feel like she's such throughout the film. She's such a kind of frail and vulnerable, and as we said, like a lonely, isolated figure, um, and the idea obviously that someone like that could be something glorious and resplendent is key to religion i think that that you can say to it appeals to people who are in this awful situation and mm. it makes them feel glorious I mean, two of the two of the main things when it comes to religion especially recruitment is one of the pivotal things is the why christianity mormonism and so many others are successful there are other ones like say like if you go to like sort of more like Hindu or something like that where recruitment is not a priority in any way, which is why essentially they make no money. And I'm not. This sounds very like crude, but it is a fact. Christianity. I've been to I've been to Vatican City. It's the richest fucking place I've ever seen. It's ce your ceilings are filled with gold and precious mm. artwork. And surrounded it by it is like poverty. Anyway, so I'm going to go off. I'm not meaning to go off on one again about the Catholic Church, but the thing, the point is, is that like I did. I forgot what my fucking point was. Now it's what about how like recruitment. You have to hypocrisy. Get, yeah, you have disgusting to get, hypocrisy. It is disgusting. <laughs> hypocrisy. You have to get everyone in there, and the way that they. I say I've got it now. The way that they do it is basically through like the promise of redemption. The fact yeah. that your soul is in jeopardy if you don't do the things that we say. 
then you are going to hell for eternity. So you have to join us and you have to do these things. All that fun shit you were doing before, we don't like that. So you can't do that anymore. You can't do these things. You've got to Why do all things. Why is all the fun stuff not allowed? Well, the thing is they're... But they to- all do it. <laughs> well, they do it worse than us. I know. <laughs> Watch Project Spotlight, you know. Or yeah. read the article it was based exactly. on. Oh, good grief. Anyway, right. Okay, um, next one. <laughs> Pitt, what would you cut from the film? That's worst. No, Pitt is worst character. I think. Yes, it is. Uh, so, what would you? What would you? What's the worst character? I mean, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what's the worst character? I'm not mad on the rapist. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. You know, I, I, he, I see it. It's to show her terrible. Situation, but you know, my, my notes never, say never like a rapist. No, my, my, my notes say the prostitute's a bit lame, uh, but the guy she sleeps with is a fucking bell. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. That's goodbye, rapist. Yeah, goodbye. I don't think we need to linger on that anymore, no. really. Moving, moving, on, moving on to um, the axe. Uh, what would you cut? I would from? not cut anything. No, it's, it's a taut 84 minutes. I feel like every scene in it. Uh, plays its role and I don't you know I think it's not going to cut anything agreed agreed yeah no I think it, I think it's right I was just thinking I was just about to look up the uh, I forgot to do it earlier the length of your movie but I think I think all our movies quite were, short this week were, what, we, were good. We, we did good we did good, yeah. Yeah. good. Uh, awesome uh, <laughs> last one final girl no Fuck no. 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 I'm afraid no. Well, there is, but not really. I mean, no. her her friend lives. Yeah, her mi- a minor character lives. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I'm pleased you agree with me about how amazing Saint Maud is. Yeah, absolutely. And also, there's one thing as we were talking about again. Like, she's one thing I really wanted to point out that I actually have in my notes. I've completely forgotten until now. Um, God is Welsh. Yeah, I've got oh, that down. Yes. Yeah. I've got it down. God speaks in Welsh, but apparently. Thing, but I guess that's only because she's Welsh. Exactly, so but that's... I remember um, when I saw it, and then like, later on I went home and I was like, God, what, what, what language was God speaking? And it's Welsh, and you're like, of course. Mm. But it's like the little cockroach is, the, is speaking. <laughs> <laughs> God's, a, God's a Welsh cockroach. He speaks through, um, he speaks through all, like, all of his weird of, creatures. I, I kind of like that idea that, because of course that makes sense. It's like, she's Welsh. God will be Welsh, it's one of, you know. It's one of those very convenient things if you look throughout the whole of like religious history. Is people, God always manages to speak to you in exactly your language. It's almost as if he's just in your own mind. Well, I've got a question, uh, something we haven't touched upon, um, is that the woman that Maud is trying to save... Amanda. Amanda. Um, Maud ends up killing her. She does, because uh, she thinks be- she's gone to a demon. Because she believes she's gone to a demon. And the way she thinks this is done is because she lurches forward yeah. with a, a classic gaping ah! mouth. Blah! Blah, 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 <laughs> mouth. But throughout the movie, this is what I want to touch. It's about the mouth. Yeah, throughout there's the some movie, strange mouthy things, aren't there? Yeah, I was, I was just wondering, because Maud does them yeah, a few yeah. times. And I was wondering... Like there's a, there's a few scenes where Maud lays back and opens her mouth almost in ecstasy or mm. agony or, or whatever you're looking at, and I'm wondering if they if that was actually natural or was I imagining that they had manipulated so, it slightly so it seemed to open more. 
There's a scene, the kind of first time that happens, Maud is in the kitchen, isn't she? And she kind of leans back and there's this, just a short thing again where she opens mm. her mouth. I think they've, I think that's manipulated. Okay. But just a tiny bit. That's so what it I, looks, what, so that, it looks, um, so you're like, it's not kind of, it's not right, but it's not so over the top that. That uncanny valley. Yeah, exactly. Kind of exactly. I think that's it. I think it's, it's kind of subtle, but I think. There's these little things that happen through the film that are always like a bit wrong to give you that sense of, yeah. as you say, uncanniness. And cool. One thing I also wanted, uh, I was going to start introducing this almost as a, an extra topic after each one. Okay. And then, but for this movie, it's just so fucking depressing. Um, I wanted to ask, like, what do you think happens the next day? Oh, God. But I think in this case, nothing. I think everyone just gets on with their lives. Everyone like, gets on with their miserable every, lives. All the main characters are dead. So. But everybody else, like, yeah. like Maud's got no interaction there's with some anyone like, else. Like, there's some minor thing in the newspaper that exactly, like, yeah. local yeah. women One or two people who know her, like the, the world Signed who gave her a, new, her a number and everything, would be like, she'd probably be affected slightly yeah. by it. But I don't think it would be too bad in the fact that she just like kind of knew this was inevitable and it was going to happen. If you watch that film now, which, well, we did, but it if did. it was made yeah. now, you'd kind of be like, this is a damning indictment of the NHS. Yeah. <laughs> the Lo- underfunded nature of the NHS. local local council pop up and put yeah, no, no yeah. barbecues on beach. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, sorry. Uh, actually, I don't know if you'll be able to find one star reviews. Yeah. One star. I, I, I do have some. I can't believe there's any. I found some. <laughs> oh. Okay. I found some. Um. These are mainly the headlines. There's one I go into a little bit more deep. Uh, the first one. Uh, critics are very rarely right, and they aren't this time either. <laughs> oh, you got us. You got us there, reviewer. <laughs> there we go. You prick. Um, this, this one I liked. I go into a bit more depth. Another in the new list of nothing happening in horror movies. Um, wow. So much happens. Wow. I knew that when they compared this to The Witch, Midsummer, and Hereditary, that this would be awful. And lo and behold. <laughs> Do you know what I hate? Great films. <laughs> Atmospheric, intelligent horror can fuck off. And, and then the, the, final one, the final one I found, and most of them were saying this, boring. Oh. And then it stopped. Unbelievable. That's, do you know what? I would like to say that's how I found their review. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. we go. Fucking hell. But anyway, St. Maud. Can I just um, raise a small point with Beamer? Because I remember when I picked this, no, and Beamer was, was like, I, was considering I don't really think it's a horror film. Oh, yeah, no, you did <laughs> how, say that. Can you, how do, you, do you still feel like that? I do. I do God, feel... I just think everything about it is so I, horror I feel, I feel it's not a horror film. I think it's an amazing film, but I don't think it's a horror the film. The music, the atmosphere, the visuals, I to me, everything about it is I just see it as a dark thriller if, at best. Like, it, it's, okay. It's the only thing horrific is like the last towards the end there's a murder but it doesn't have to be a horror is... film to have a murder that last the last shot is fucking amazing and horrific at the same time but i just don't think the majority of the film is a horror film. there's so much of it that's not that i think it's not i a think film. even from the first frame it like, to me from the first scene it feels like a horror film to me sorry from the first scene it feels like a horror what do you think justin horror Horror. Yeah, everyone agrees. Outnumbered. It's, it's also in the list. If you look at the list of like your know, top ten religious horror yeah. films, it more's always almost always in there. But I, I just see it as like a dark character study rather than a horror film. 
I, I think th- a lot of horror films are dark character studies. I think it needs a few <laughs> more things to happen in it to class it as horror. I'm not saying it is in a slant in it at all, because no, I, I think know. it's a phenomenal film. I know you love film. it. Yeah, I think it's a phenomenal okay. film. But. Fair enough. I was about to say, surely if there's a, a demon character, whether it's a real demon or not, then it fits into that. But then you've got like films like Oh God, You Devil. Uh, the 80s classic, George Burton classic. I don't think I've uh, seen that one. Which, no, you shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> which um, which has got the devil in it, but it's a pure comedy. No horror at all. Little Nicky, no horror at all. <laughs> <laughs> it is Little Nicky a horror comedy, though. I'd say it is. Oh, yeah, no, true. Yeah, well, Can't yeah, believe it's taken this many episodes for listening. <laughs> 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 all right, well, let's all agree that St. Maud is amazing. <laughs> agreed, we'll, uh, agreed, we'll agreed. Cool. Let's get a drink. Right, should we jump into it? Onwards. I'm Do getting it. nervous. Roll that tie dye. <laughs> I'm getting very nervous. <laughs> what will the try dye say? It's a Mia. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I know this is going to go bad. <laughs> To it. Explain to us your choice. I went for 1988's classic, <laughs> The Seventh Sign. We're shaking our heads. I know. I, I when I rewatched it, this this was a pure nostalgia trip for me. Oh dear! A poltergeist oh. is protesting against uh, <laughs> Justin's terrible choice. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everything would protest against Justin's terrible choice. You've got a lot of notes. Okay, <laughs> well, look, we're just gonna we'll let you say your piece. Yeah, just we normally we'll, wouldn't call this the hook, but let's call it the justification. <laughs> <laughs> no, I sorry, think introduce the film first. Introduce the film first. Okay, so the seventh sign is a uh, nineteen eighty eight uh, horror thriller. Although I don't think rewatching it, there's not much horror in it. Or thrilling. Or thrilling. <laughs> uh, starring a young Demi Moore. That is true. Um, Beautiful. Married to uh, Michael Bean. That's also true. And uh, they are a happy, happy-ish couple. Um, she is very pregnant at the moment. You've you've endorsed, endorsed, thrown upon me recently pregnancy movies. That's true, we have. Horrible pregnancy yeah, movies. Yeah, this time you have chosen. <laughs> so I've chosen this one. Um, and uh, they've, they've got some issues. They've had some pregnancy issues in the past. Um, they are um, pregnant. Uh, they are. They are pregnant. They're that's, that's an accepted term. They're yeah. doing that, and um, and they are renting out a house, and they rent it out to uh, Sutter Kane. Yeah, <laughs> wearing lovely jumpers throughout. I waffle noticed. jumpers. Oh, I do love a waffle jumper. Uh, but the premise is, is basically uh, Sutter Kane, uh, you see throughout. Or Sutter Kane, we should add, is a character from In the Mouth of Madness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the character in this say. is not called that. Uh, Jürgen Proschnow <laughs> yeah, that's it, uh, yeah. is going around. Um, I like Jürgen Proschnow. I do like Jürgen Proschnow as well. He's he a go- good cast. He's good going cast. around to uh, different places um, and cracking open a bit of uh, a seal, I guess. Um, and something... Cracking a few seals, mate. Cracking, cracking happens and something... They clearly... We're like we ideally we would call this film the Seventh Seal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but exactly. That exists. So what can we call it? Every time you were like when you messed me, go oh, the Seventh Sign. I'm like, do you mean the Seventh Seal? And she said, no, no, she can't call it the Seventh yeah. Seal because the Seventh Seal is a different film. Sorry, we did say we wouldn't interrupt you. So basically, <laughs> it is a sign of uh, basically the oncoming apocalypse, and Demi Moore, as a pregnant woman, is thrown in the midst of it all. Um, now, before you go into this and have a go at me, I must <laughs> say, 
Uh, spoiler warning, while I was doing some research the other night on this, I, uh, I, 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 was, I was going through the usuals, I jumped on Letterboxd to see something, and because I'm friends with Boomer, I saw that he'd given it a one and a half star. Fucking, I tell you what, that half is generous. It's because it's got Jürgen Proshnow and Michael Bean. And so, Danny Moore, they get a half star for each actor. <laughs> um, In their worst film so, each. Justin. Yes. Do you, what, do you, tell, Kang, what, why? What? Justify yourself. Justify yourself. I, saw, I, I justified it because I saw this, like, this is 1988. Yeah. And I probably saw this in 1989. So as a young, impressionable child, okay. um, I, I actually quite like the story behind it all in general. I, I like a good apocalypse. The idea, yeah, the, the, I actually have nothing against the plot. The plot's fine. I've got some stuff against it. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of it, I mean, the actual, like, you know... The, 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 um, the biblical uh, background is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Oh. The way that the biblical background <laughs> unfolds and then uh, Demi Moore is somehow able to save the world. <sighs> I'm not so on board. You die for him! <laughs> I've, got, I've, got some, I've got some notes about this. Let's, let's, no, let's, let's not get sidetracked here. No. We've sort of gone into the hook. Just yeah, tell, no, us what I, you, tell us what you like. Generally, the hook. Generally, generally that thing is like, as a young impressionable thing, I'm not religious at all, and no. we touched upon course, this earlier. Course, none of us are, yeah, it's all good. But the Bible's got some, like, if you dig deep enough, there's some banging stories. Oh, I've, yeah, I, I think that's, that's <laughs> well, another thing maybe we didn't stress enough earlier on, is that even though none of us are religious, like, we have severe interest in... Revelations We know a good, know a good story when we fucking hear it. Revelations, Revelations is fun. We can all get behind Revelations. Absolutely. There's, lo- there's loads of good shit in the Bible. It's just ruined, you know? It's yeah, like... But- you know, I love I love the whole like we, one of the, my other choices, and we'll recommend it at the end. Was going to be the prophecy, and I probably should have stuck with that. But <laughs> but is that got Christopher Walken? In yeah. It? yeah, 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 it is. Uh, but the prophecy, but the whole whole thing about a war in heaven with angels fighting each other, fucking great idea, great, yes. Yeah. Uh, the movie they've Legion, nev- they've never not done so, it. Not so good that oh, movie. Why wasn't it great? <laughs> why wasn't it great? Should have been. And had Paul Bettany in it. <laughs> That's all, no. all that kind of the, the basically th- theological horror kind of like d- that dives into the depths of what of stories from the Bible and pulls that out. Do, do I you, like, and yeah. that's why I fucking like this movie. It's all, <laughs> that was big in the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was, that, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of stigmata. idea. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that that was, um, I suppose that was a bit earlier. I was gonna say, do you think that that was the threat of nuclear war was looming and so, um. People, you know how culture kind of uh, reproduces the anxieties of an age, and horror films especially. And I wonder if, do you think that was because people were looking for a way to express anxieties about uh, the the kind of fear of nuclear war that came in the nineties? I think that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, it's a really good point because I think again that's you don't want to make the film actually about that, but you could make a film. You could be like, well, here's some things that express these worries. That's why religion lends itself so well to all of these things, and again, like why it's worked so well in the in like just amalgamating everyone together into it because it applies to everyone, just depending on how you do it. So like you can make people's fears of things be very relatable through religion, and you can just like there's so many so many stories in the Bible, you can find one that's going to work each fear that people have and i think that humans are as a uh, you know the ways that we find to endlessly threaten our own existence 
are many, <laughs> many and varied. And I feel like religion gives you a way to um, look at those self-destructive tendencies mm. almost and, and try and make sense of them maybe. And you can get out of actually making sense of them by just saying that God works in mysterious exactly. ways. So and it's, and it's a, a constant plan. battle between God and the devil. <laughs> one of the best, if, there's one thing I understand about religion is why it's like, again, why it's so successful. You don't actually have to have a fucking answer to anything. Just say, well, he knows. Yeah, yeah. He knows. Totally. Okay, that's reassuring. I mean, we, we did have a chat. I'm going to move away from that. We did have a chat on the yeah, WhatsApp group so. about the recent uh, uh, knock at the cabin. Yeah, I was just uh, going to say. We were talking about that. Cabin, and yeah. this. It's essentially the same story. Someone's got, yes. you know, yeah, the yeah. apocalypse is happening, and a someone sac- has a, to a, make a, a decision. Sac- a sacrifice to, has yeah. to happen. So, are you saying this film would have been better if Dave Batista was? <laughs> every every film would be. Because I am, I am one hundred percent. I think yeah. um, everything's better. I mean, with we, we we fucking love Saint Maud, but <laughs> it could do. With, it could do with a bit of Dave Batista. <laughs> oh, who, who would you put Dave Batista as? Uh, I would make him um, be uh, one of those like lesbian swankers at the party. I'd want him to be in it more than that, though. Mm. He could be the cockroach. Can we, <laughs> can we just call it Saint Batista? Yeah. Uh, let's move on to. Let's go on some categories. Best death. Best death. Best there, death. There isn't any. Well, well, there is, and I, I'm really. It's really hard to say this. I left it blank. I didn't put it. Well, it's really hard. <laughs> they fucking kill somebody with Down syndrome. God, that whole subplot. Why fucking did that else? exist? So was that was the entire point of that, just to pr- prove that God is fucking cruel or that Michael Bean's a shit lawyer? Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, probably uh, a bit of both. I, I, I actually, now we've moved to the categories, I feel like we haven't really had a chance to express our absolute uh, disdain for this film yet. <laughs> also, it's even, this is Michael Bean's worst film. He's awful in it. He's not even, yeah, normally, we've said this several times in the podcast, Michael Bean's like the star that never that never happened. Like, And I always, I was always stunned he was never a big star. He looks like fucking Ray Wise the whole way through. He's got that terrible Yeah, hair. he's awful. And like, he's, he doesn't... I love Ray Wise, by the yeah, way. I also love Ray Wise. Who doesn't love Ray Wise? Just, just uh, if you haven't seen this movie, you're probably getting the hint that you probably shouldn't. Although I think you should. Um, that uh, there is a whole subplot of uh, Michael Bean's a lawyer looking after a or trying to defend a, a person with Down syndrome who is on death row for uh, murdering his parents uh, or setting because them on God fire because God, God but the, told him to. the whole message is so garbled. So it's like, are we supposed to believe that did because God tell him to do it? Exactly. So, mm. the, it, so the whole message That's of the film is... Did, well, did, but, but did he? Did he? <laughs> because, well, because God exists and is active exactly. in, in people's lives in this. So if he did he actually do that? <laughs> <laughs> because like, did he actually tell that, that guy I to like murder so. his parents? I presume so. What the, what, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really weird subplot. And then the so kind he just of did what he was told, and he <laughs> died. Make your mind up, God. <laughs> the fate. So at one point, you're like, the fate of the world hinges on whether this person is going to be executed or not. I don't respect you, God. It's really weird. It's so odd. Okay, so you're saying that's your. No, worst I'm not death? saying that's, the, that's the <laughs> or your best death. death. I that. Well, there's only really two, well, there's lots of deaths because apocalypse is happening. Sure. Um, but the two main ones. Most on, of them are off the screen, screen, aren't they? Yeah. That, well, no. Oh, the the, uh, the the safe way to say the best death is probably the the father who recognizes old. Uh, it's not Pontius Pilate, but <laughs> the old. Uh, oh yes. The uh, the, the, uh, the priest Judas yeah. Iscariot. Yeah. No, I don't think it was it, Judas, was it? 
No, it's it was a Roman do. legion. Anyway. Yeah, it's oh, right. someone who took Christ to the cross or something like Some, that. Someone who's lived forever, yeah. basically, yeah. because right. he punched. Oh, yeah, punched that, Jesus. No, that was. Yeah, that, that was. <laughs> Will a, you die for him? That was the same. That, <laughs> right. Hey, is that the priest who was obsessed with how a guy looks? Yes. Right. Can we move on to the pit? The pit. This yes. guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's a, Seriously, imagine if you met her. You look like someone I knew. Go, no, no, oh wait, no, it's not me. You go, oh, I just go. All right then, you look like him, but he won't leave it alone. No, but you really look like him. Go. All right, fucking get over but it, maybe mate. They, like, but maybe he did really look like him. Then so, <laughs> like, no people have ever looked like each other before. Do you know how many times I've had fucking people go? My mate looks exactly like you. Oh, you've, you've got a beard though. I'm bald with a beard, now. so everyone who looks the fucking <laughs> I look like every other bald beard man. Uh, Justin, what was your choice for the pit? Uh, the, for, the, for, for the worst character? Yeah. Um, it's was it Ma- the, the Michael Bean. <laughs> he was awful, wasn't he? He was also, he was like such an unsupportive husband. He was a, he was a bad character, actually. That is the my, I just wanted to bring up my bugbear with I the can, priest. Yeah, like, I appreciate I can tell that, you though. who my favourite character was. The dad from Home Alone who pops up for five minutes. Yeah, I'm always a bit. And has, oh, yeah. a, has a pop at the Harry Krishnas. I liked, um, I liked Arvi. The oh, young yeah. Jewish guy who was like translating yeah, the thing. The one he thing was I, a cool character. The I liked one him. thing I did like about, well, I did like the whole movie, but I liked the fact. Did that you actually like the whole movie? Still, still, no. I saw, I saw, I saw its flaws. <laughs> did you accidentally say you did? Still I, saw, like it? I saw its flaws. I will watch it again before I die. Will you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'll go. I've got it on DVD at home. Oh, That's see, why I, I, I would rather die than watch it again. <laughs> I do like I do like the fact it seems oh, I've got a mixture. It's a mixture of all religious hokum. <laughs> that, it's that, definitely that, hokum. That, I said for an atheist, it works really well to create a story because I would, pulling different bits. I'd all say over it's the a place. perfect mix of literally two religions. Well, I what, like. Judaism, I, kind of, Judaism, <laughs> I did like the the opening scenes where it's all the kind of disasters unfolding. Yeah, I think that's quite good. I just feel like. From the, from the first 10 minutes down. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, absolutely. And I like but, the waffle jumper. Yep. But nice. uh, one that we know... Uh, Good I jumpers know. going on in this film. Yep. While we're doing this, let's go to the axe. The axe. What would you cut from it? What would I cut from it? Because um, there's something we haven't mentioned yet, which is there's something you mentioned a very, very long time ago. I don't know if it made it into the actual podcast, but we talked about it during a recording. The guff. The guff. <laughs> No, but the trouble would you, is... Would you like to explain, Jazz? The guff is real. Would you like to explain to people what the guff is? No, we were... I was guffawing, but it is real. I know, but Sorry, I want you Justin to... Justin ex- will explain the guff explain for us. Explain the guff. So, the guff, within the concept of the movie, which is apparently a real thing, which I didn't know at the time, um, is it's a whole thing. that The apocalypse is coming is because heaven... Uh, the guff is full... The, uh, is, 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 is a place where all your souls are kept... The guff is a is like a hall of souls. So each time, <laughs> crying. Each time someone is born, There's a, a soul goes. <laughs> a soul goes from the hall of souls into the, the new the new child, and it's full. And if or, or there's one space left, it's dwindling. It's dwindling. Exactly. And, and if, Demi Moore's baby is not going to have a soul, basically, because the guff is empty. Exactly. I don't. I don't know if it's the same as you, but uh, when I was growing up in my household. A guff was a fart. We all know 
it was a bit. <laughs> yeah, should, this is maybe something we should bring up for in case anyone is listening outside of the UK. Yeah. Goth means fart in the UK. <laughs> So if you were to do a Probably guff, not in the Jewish religion. As, do, as does religion. Trump. As does Trump. Trump and Guff. <laughs> so the next president of the United States will be Mr. Guff. So as a 12-year-old boy watching this movie and they keep on talking about the Guff. Now I'm starting to wonder if this is your real love for the film. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're right. That's why this, so, this whole section of the podcast is literally for that one can fart I, joke. Can I bring up an inconsistency? Oh, is, this, oh. is there something wrong? Are you trying to tell me there's something wrong no, with the film? No, I mean, I mean, there's a million inconsistencies, but one, so, so this whole thing, so it seems to imply that the soul does not go into the baby until the baby is born, because mm-hmm. they're like the first soulless baby will herald the beginning of the apocalypse. So the whole thing is Demi Moore can't give birth to a soulless baby, mm-hmm. but then is that not? at odds with the fundamentalist Christian idea that you can't have an abortion. Because if your baby doesn't have a soul until it literally leaves the vagina... Oh, I like where you're going there. Then that's not what I thought. That's not the inconsistency I thought you were going to bring up. <laughs> I, it just, the inconsistency I was like, this I doesn't make sense. The, but like, even I, as a, as a pro-choice woman, would recognise if there's a soul, I don't know what that means, would be in there sooner, yeah. right? Yeah. Not just at the moment of exit from the from the host body but as we, i like to call the mother yeah. we got, as we got, but however as here's the other inconsistency that i thought you were going to bring up i mean there's shitloads aren't there yeah but it's it's from the exact same moment <laughs> there's a different inconsistency so when when the moment of exit from the body yeah from the host body yeah <laughs> The harvest is Justin Whitaker. Yeah, it's the harvest. <laughs> blessed be. Blessed be, sorry. Blessed be the harvest. Um, so once that happened, right, the baby's out. Yes. So it has happened. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much she loves him afterwards, it was born without a soul. It's yes. Happened. So I'm banging the table. So it was born without a soul. It and then she, like, touches it and it's like, my soul has gone into Will you die now. for him? Yeah, will you die for him? Will you die? I will die for him. I will die for him. I was like, now is her soul it's, it's the baby's already, soul? That's my, my notes. That's my notes, Ruth. So it's the baby. Michael her. Bean has She's to her now mother. raise the baby. And then the baby's going to be like, whoa, I used to have sex with this man. It's, it's, I've written, here is my exact note. So, is Demi Moore's soul now an own baby? If so, this feels problematic for a future of Michael Bean. But maybe we don't understand the idea of a soul. Or it's going to get super pedo super fast when, like, it's just like, hey, look, we're, I'm cool now. I don't know if the knowledge comes with the soul or it's just like, if it doesn't, then it's all fine. We don't really baby. know what the soul is. I'm absolutely is. amazed you came up with that thing because that, that scene, that point, uh, I was too choked up with emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing is, look, we are over-intellectualising what is a very stupid film. It's a fucking pile of guff. <laughs> <laughs> and I think just, I know St. Maud's a downer, but just goes back to go back to St. Maud, so the idea of kind of being a martyr in St. Maud is so horrifying and violent. And then in this film, it's like Demi Moore just like gently touching her baby's hand. Would <laughs> you die for him? Would <laughs> you then, die for him? And then like the most beautiful woman who's ever just given birth, like just oh, swooning yeah. backwards. She looked, she looked great. I will die for him. Um, one star reviews. So uh, the only, the only one star out of the two 
<laughs> that, was worth, that was worth repeating was this movie is a weak attempt by simple minds to push an anti-death penalty ethics of the hollywood establishment i would rather of it if it had been directed by simple minds <laughs> <laughs> don't you forget about me <laughs> that's what she said that's what she said <laughs> Will you die for him? Don't you? <laughs> if, they, if they could have got the, that's what it was planned on being, but they couldn't afford that song. So anyway, so uh, the seventh sign, uh, thumbs up. <laughs> Absolute piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed. I'm sorry. They're I'm definitely sorry. regular. Re- no, no. By all means, this this always happens. There, there's definitely to people who who check in to this podcast regularly. All three of you. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Mum. Uh, we'll notice a pattern with people's choices within. We've all had duffs. We've all, you know. Yeah, you're not the first. No. You, actually, you were the first. Do you know what duff rhymes with? <laughs> <laughs> fucking love it check it out <laughs> anyway we're going to take another short break and uh, we'll uh, catch up soon awesome so uh, welcome back everyone uh, do you all uh, you know have a shake <laughs> say hello <laughs> say hello for me while you're there um, we <laughs> what the fuck does that mean <laughs> didn't you ever used to say that to people or was it just like just whiz it on that was your family. This is your whiz, not, this <laughs> is your whiz it on, isn't it? Yeah. Did you say hello to people? No, no. Do you have glory? To the penis. Always used to be a thing where people... <laughs> pe- blokes... Blokes... Yeah, this is early 1990s. <laughs> blokes sat in a pub. Uh, one gets up to go for a wee. And you go, oh, say hello for me while you're there. No? Say hello to your penis? Yeah. yeah, to the penis. Why do you the say penis. hello to each other's penises? You don't. That's you for th- a joke. A joke is Bantz, Mark. <laughs> you know how I love Bantz. <laughs> um, shall we move to the third film? Yeah, Let's we don't do even it. need to roll the tri Don't need to do it. Don't, don't need just to. Call it a, you, you get two-sided dice, because we don't need the third. That's well, so true, isn't well, it? We Why have we well, wasted no, our money well, on this three-sided well, no, dice? Well, no, we can't, because we would be limited to two choices. We should be <laughs> just tossing a coin. Uh, no, no we because need... we still wouldn't have the third choice. Oh, we shit, need a throwing. This is a, yeah. But we're going to throw this over to Boomer for his choice, um, which will bring the sensibility back uh, I, to... Yeah, so to I, good films. I have gone for a good film. Yes. Just like, like Ruth, we like to pick good it's films. It's all fucking <laughs> down to, you know, personal choice. That is true. We've personally chosen to pick not shit films. How dare you. Did you not hear? <laughs> well, we, just, we were actually in in our in our brief break. We, me and Ruth, were worried we were not harsh enough on you. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we really put it through the ringer enough. Anyway, anyway, let's talk fucking about that's let, your own fucking problem. Let's talk. Let's talk about my film. So I've gone for 1987's Prince of Darkness by John Carpenter. Yes. Yeah. So I, I was a little worried at first, like when I picked John Carpenter, like, is it too on the nose? Like because because we have this thing on the podcast where like we don't want to pick the obvious ones. Or but I don't. Like that, I but. don't think Prince of Darkness is such a well-known John Carpenter. No, it's probably it's one of his lesser-known ones. It's only only that like the the proper John Carpenter fans love this shit. Mm. But if you're not one, you just know the thing. It's uh, part part two of his Apocalypse tri- uh, trilogy. Yes, it is. Oh, so it's so that's the, the thing. The thing. 
um, this of one and uh, uh, Mouth of Madness. Yes, which we've already referenced in yes. Sutter Kane, so that go. works out very nicely. Well, thank fuck I chose the seventh sign then. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> what as... did you bring to the table, Ruth? <laughs> maybe it wasn't as guff as we thought. <laughs> Tell us why you love Prince of Darkness. The reason I picked this one is because I think someone put it really well in a review, they said, whereas it's not his best film, but it's maybe his best idea. Mm. And I thought that was a really interesting point to make. And yes. it's, it's, it's a really good film. It's, I think it's got a wonderful sense of foreboding. And it's, 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 very it's, a, it's a great outlook of um, science being... Mm. Science involved in a religion s- yes. story is yeah. interesting, isn't yes. it? Te- lo- so tell it. Sorry, tell us the like the the gist. That's one of the things that yeah. I'll show you. The, the general plot of the film is that a priest uncovers DP, DP Donald P- Donnie P Donald <laughs> Pleasance. So Donnie P, priest Donnie P P Donnie P. <laughs> <laughs> so P Donnie P. Uh, discovers that this old P was having a uh, had a secret vault under or not vault it had a secret like jar or canister underneath this church and um, he was part of a secret sect called the Brotherhood of Sleep which is a fucking rad name hope there's a band called that there must be there must be I've yeah. got another great band name from this uh, that that describing the jar but it's going to ruin it so. You carry on. Satan's in the jar. Satan's in the jar. (laughs) Liquid Satan! This this film is also affectionately nicknamed Satan in a Jar, which is very accurate. So basically, the the gist, he he goes down, Donny P, P Donny P goes down there, finds out there's Satan in a Jar, and it's just this fucking, like, fucking turbo slime in there, which is... It's so green. So green. It's the embodiment of Satan, basically. I love the effect of it going around it's it's hypnotic I'd the love to know how they just did that bit. the effects are really good in it actually there's a lot which it's very clear how they do some of them that one again I'm not sure actually some of them it's very clear but it still looks very good but it's yeah so he, he figured, finds this thing and gets a team of scientists together to, his response is science I love it I love that too as well I thought that was such a good thing and they one thing they uncover in the literature in the book that's been written and rewritten for unknown reasons. Next to it, someone... A bit like the Bible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slanderizing the Bible. Uh, no, it has been... It's quite well known to be written and rewritten. I thought it was written by God himself in the third person. <laughs> Interpretations. That's another thing about the Bible. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to keep going on side quests here. But the, the, the Bible, right? Written in the hand of God, by the way. Was he the rock? Just referring to himself in the third person every time. Probably. He probably got the, the people's eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Destroyed mountains with the people's eyebrow. <laughs> uh, anyway. Not, um, not even sorry. Yeah, he, get, he gets a bunch of the... Um, got, God. <laughs> the guff. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. Reset, reset. Here we go. P. Donnie P gathers his team of scientists most of which aren't technically qualified but that's fine for some reason they're mostly like students mostly yeah. 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 He, gets, he, gets, he gets Benedict Wong yeah. Vincent Wong Vincent Wong, oh, sorry, oh. Vincent Wong. Mm-hmm. he gets him there because I fucking love me some Vincent Wong so yeah. is John Carpenter side note he wrote the character specifically for P. Donnie P and Benedict Wong Vincent after, Wong after working with them in Halloween and Big Trouble exactly yeah 
So Big he yeah, in trouble. <laughs> so he wrote them for them because I mean they're great. Any anyone who's seen films with them knows that they're fucking great. But so he wrote them for them and um they then try and uncover what's going on with the jar filled with Satan and an <laughs> army of tramps outside led by fucking Alice. Can Cooper. you say tramps nowadays? Homeless. Homeless, lame, Bums. Homeless, names with, with locationally challenged people surround the building, led by Alice Cooper. They've been sort of a, um, possessed by Satan, haven't they? They have, they have. Yeah. And chaos ensues. Chaos ensues. Chaos ensues inside the old church. Right, the, I, I've got a lot of comments on this. This, ah. is, this is the, le- I watched, uh, I watched St. Maud last week. Mm-hmm. I got uh, the seventh sign yesterday, and I watched uh, this one this morning um, while I was sat at my office desk. <laughs> with I knew it. you'd watch it, uh, really and uh, I was fitting it in. But this is the one I, I pulled the most notes out Ooh. of. Uh, I love it to bits, but I've got some things to talk about. Tell us, tell us, let's Firstly, uh, are we going to go into this uh, a bit later on? Probably, uh, but the, these these students. <laughs> mm. I am doing this at the so you, moment. You find you find their ages improbable. <laughs> so I did some research. By this he meant inverted commas because he just he did, I'm doing this and then yeah. still visually shows what he's doing. Students can be any age. Mm. <laughs> this many of them though. I went through IMDb and looked at every actor's age. Yeah, we, we were at a, we, it was clearly a school for one mature them, students. One of them, Scully from Brooklyn Nine Nine. He is. He is Scully from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Which one's Scully? He's one of the one older the old, pair. Oh, yeah. two old shit detectives. Oh, fuck he is. Yeah. Holy He's like shit. the Hawaiian shirt guy. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Right, Hawaiian shirt guy is definitely not student age. No, <laughs> like, he seems old. That, he's he's already bald. With <laughs> yeah, <the bar>. Exactly <laughs> that. So Walter, thirty-five, <laughs> when right. he filmed this. Uh, Catherine, thirty. Mm. Susan, twenty-seven. Bible. Um, Marsh, uh, who's not. Is he a student? He just says he transferred there. The synopsis <laughs> say he's just a, a metaphysicist, oh. but. Uh, a metaphysicist? Yes. Oh. Some of them aren't students, remember. They're just like pulled from other areas because mm. we only actually see that some of them are it students. Does, it does seem strange. Either way, it's a really carpentry, carpenter film. And it's it, like, it's fr- very squelchy. From second one, it has that soundtrack. That soundtrack of Alan, it's Alan Howarth and um, John Carpenter working together. And one thing I wanted to mention, I really wanted to shout this out earlier on, when you were talking, about, Ruth, about the, the score to St. Maud, mm. there's something that I read in the trivia to you know, IMDb, to Prince of Darkness, that really applies to what you said about mm. like how the, sound of, the soundtrack was just all like... Ambience and just yeah, noise and yeah. effects and that's, threatening noises. Yeah, so apparently that's how Carpenter and Howarth have done their whole scores. They always have. They've done it in one one layer is just the atmosphere and the things that are happening, and the other one is called Mickey Mousing. It's yeah. like that. John Williams is the king of Mickey Mousing because Mickey Mousing is that bit on top which tells you how you're supposed to feel now. Oh, so if you okay. there's, oh, okay, an, yeah. there's an emotion that you want someone to feel, the music does that. And it tells you, like, you're happy now. You're angry now. You're, you're excited. Sad now. You're yeah. excited. You're sad. I fucking love John Williams. But I love John Carpenter as well. Exactly. Oh my God, we're having adventure time right now. We're having for solid, yeah, having yeah, an adventure exactly. in my pants, yeah, yeah. and everyone's invited. It's wonderful. Exactly. Like well, that, and I thought that was a really interesting thing that that's out there. Uh, just 
it's not actually necessarily the, the, this touches upon Mickey Mouse. This touches upon something that I, I made a comment of is that how I fucking. Firstly, I thought the soundtrack was very. It was almost like his um, uh, tribute to his first apocalypse uh, trilogy, <laughs> trilogy film, uh, the thing. Very touched upon. Um, I think Morosino. 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 Th- Mor- no, Okey. I, th- I think maybe that's because like him and Alan Howard. Is it Alan? It is Alan, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so I think those two together. He like calms Carpenter yeah. down a bit. And makes maybe maybe he's possibly a I don't mean to say this in a bad way about Carpenter because I'm a huge fan of his uh, soundtracks. Absolutely, we saw him live. Exactly, we did. Oh, it was a great time. I bought the on Halloween. I, I bought they live on sun- Halloween. We I, saw that. I bought uh, they live sunglasses. There. <laughs> I, I paid a lot of money for them, and I fucking am not sorry about it. Just sorry about that. I didn't buy more than one because they've run out since then, and. I can't see uh, them. But, but, but my, my, my point being, <laughs> my point being is that I, I think that Alan House comes like calms him down and yeah. makes him do a more score oriented <laughs> score. Yeah, now finish. Rather than just like when I think what made me laugh the most, and, and I made a comment about this, is that the uh, the opening few scenes is like a montage of different characters of what mm. they're doing in their lives, mm. and the music fits perfectly with the. The sight of the dead priest with the little casket with it ends up being a key to the mm. jar of Satan. I keep mine on uh, like with liquid, ring, liquid yeah. Satan and that, and it fits perfectly. And then literally the same music, uh, the ominous music kicks in, and the next thing is just uh, the main male character walking through a college quad. With his big moustache. Jumping away and that's still going on. I've forgotten his name. I always called him Moustache. 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 Let's call him Moustache. I mean, he's kind of a douchebag. He is. He's straight. Do you know what? He kicks off serious stalker vibes. Yeah. Here's something I really know. It's like, is that John Carpenter has like a real thing. So let's cast back to, do you remember The Fog? Yeah. I remember the. Film. Oh yeah, do you remember For, Tom, Tom, yeah, yeah. Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis. So, do you reckon his son is moustache? Oh, from probably. This? Yeah, it very just looks much exactly so. the same. Very much so. That is what John Carpenter views as the leading man, um, like, uh, a mustachioed geek. Yeah, and a mustachioed sexual predator. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I, that's I think, what they all look like. Actually, no. So I take this back. I love Tom Atkins. The thing is, though, I think that in um, in Prince of Darkness, he basically they're all kind of geeks that's kind of the fun thing about it isn't it mm. yeah. the, th- the, th- the thing that got me is nerd, like, nerds versus satan yeah i love i love that i love that it's great the opening uh, a new movie we, we should write it so we'll just exactly steal his idea and the, he se- the he sequel to saint maud <laughs> nerds versus the radiographer with the glasses <laughs> i love i love that like she's like at the s- one thing that's actually quite nice is that at the same time they picture her as hot and a nerd and like, <laughs> and married yeah <laughs> the the, th- the thing thing that got me i've got no here marsh giving serious stalker vibes I said, yeah I he earlier, is, is right at the beginning when he when he he's a new student to these people and they're getting taken away. He looks uh, like a fucking undercover cop. Do that. <laughs> and he talks to the character Catherine in it mm-hmm. and he introduces himself. He said, hi, I'm Marsh. I've uh, just transferred here from such and such. And she goes, hi, I'm Catherine. And he yeah. went, I know. Yeah, yeah. he's creepy. <laughs> he's like, really how, creepy. How do you know? He shouldn't have been rewarded later with sex for that behaviour, <laughs> no. to be honest. No, yeah, but I, I, there agree, we are. I agree with all that's, that. But. You know, that's the 80s for you. Either way. Uh, <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great film. I I really like the idea that um that actually you don't see that much that um that 
the idea of Satan is an ancient, an ancient idea yes. and that maybe we can confront these ancient ideas with science. I love I love that. It's like how do we you know, maybe you there were things it, it. there were things in the past that we couldn't understand, but now we have science and maybe we can mm. deal with this with science. And I like that idea. I mean ultimately it fails. They can't deal with it with science. But, uh, but, uh, but, I, I, but again, you're exactly right. And they even put that in there, like the, how like, in the past, so they didn't bring this out until now because we yeah. weren't able we to We weren't prove prepared, it, yeah. Which now they can. And also, another thing I like about It's like Walt science, Disney being cryogenically frozen. He's like, one day, one what? day, they're going to be able to bring that's, me back to life. Like, but if somebody asks you what uh, Prince of Darkness is about, you can tell them. You can say it's about a group of students who uh, discover... Satan's Satan in the in jar, jar. Yeah. and they try and stop the uh, the apocalypse. Basically. Yeah. Well, not, not the apocalypse because it's it's. Uh, I feel like the apocalypse, apocalypse is coming. Yeah. I always think apocalypse is God made rather than no, Satan well, triggers it. I think in a lot of cases, it depends on the religion. To be honest, I know we're I know we're only wanting to talk about Judeo-Christian religion, but <laughs> there are other ones where, like you know, if you talk, say for example, if you go to Nordic mythology, then there's a very different sort of thought about about Ragnarok mm-hmm. and about how like it's not necessarily the end of the world but it's more of like a kickstart yeah, yeah, where yeah, like yeah. everything that's, ends to um, become a new that's thing. the same with Judgment Day in Christianity though is so, that there'll be a, like a a, re- a reckoning and then uh, Christ will fight the devil or mm. the Antichrist Christ will fight the Antichrist for a thousand years and then who the fuck knows what happens it's after that it's an Iron that, Man but. match if you guys <laughs> love your wrestling but yeah. Go, going back to going back to my original point <laughs> Is I've seen this film thousands of times. Yeah, but slightly exaggerated. A lot, a few times, quite a few times. I watched it again today. If you asked me exactly what uh, Liquid Satan was <laughs> and how they explain it, there's a there's a conversation though where they theorise between um, uh, Donald play, uh, Donny P and and the other one. I watched it four times today. No idea. I was like, got no idea what they're talking about. It's something about antimatter. I can't say uh, something. <laughs> here's my here's my gist of what it is. This is one thing I did actually want to say is is that I like that they've they've altered the mytho- the mythos of Evil. Christianity. Oh, okay. Right. Because like Satan is essentially the son of a very essentially the anti god and who hasn't got a specific name mm-hmm. in it, and so. That thing in the jar is this, the fucking cool liquid is Satan, is what we know. Well, they that. sort of don't they say that it's evil? It is evil. It is. It's evil. kind and of evil, evil in, in a exactly. Well, exactly because that's the son of form. that's the like, son of the anti absence. So that's the <laughs> <laughs> which is also green. <laughs> <laughs> so the jar of absinthe is. <laughs> Wait, what's what's Jesus then? Like a, a, a tequila? Uh, like Alka Seltzer? Fucking water in it. <laughs> It'd just be water, wouldn't it? Water in it. Boom. <laughs> so he would be the, the son of this anti god who lives in another, like a mirror universe, essentially. Mm. I love um, that whole, uh, the effects they did with the whole, well. Yes, the mercury. Mercury. Yes, mercury. Stick your hand in some mercury. Yeah, stick your hand in some mercury. There won't be any issues about that. It'll look fucking rad, though. And it <laughs> yeah, does look it fucking rad. Does it look rad? You know, yeah. It's like, a, like the you know, Hatter's disease. <laughs> Hatter. Hatter's oh, yeah, disease. no, that's lead. I think it's mercury. It's mercury. Is it? Yes, yeah. mercury. Hatter, prolonged, mad, prolonged, the, the, prolonged the, the term mad as a hatter comes from hatters, like hat, people who made hats, yeah. who would bend felt using hot mercury. Oh, I thought it was lead. 
Sorry. And they get mercury, mer- poisoning. mercury poisoning. Yeah. Yeah, they're both poisonous, but yeah, they would get mercury poisoning and that and it would actually make you go fucking insane, which is why the term mad as a hatter exists. I've got an interesting uh, story, local life story, maybe for uh, uh, your podcast, Ruth. About uh, a mad hatter? About, no, about a localised lead poisoning. Okay. But, yeah. Tell uh, me later. But I will do. Uh, but, yeah, sorry, carry on. Where were we? What we haven't it? even done any categories. Yeah, we should do... We did one. Didn't we do that one? Did we do the noose? No. Okay, the noose. Best death. <laughs> I think there's only one. Actually, of course, there's only... Of course there's one. Of course there's <laughs> the best it's one. It's Alice Cooper stabbing a man to death with a bicycle. <laughs> yes! Like, yes. That is one of the things I used to sell like when I was like I was saying to Shell, like I forgot to mention this as well, actually. The shell meter, which is something I've invented now. Oh, yeah. When I said we haven't ragged on you, I'm gonna go back in my oh, film Christ, to go back to rag it. on your episode. Stop letting Shell watch movies that I choose. So this has now become an extra meter that we need to address. Is that like Shellometer? How, yeah, the shellometer. The shellometer. She walked out of your film again. So if she can make it all the way through, I'm trying to think how many films. That's three films of yours she's walked out on now. The monster, the Christmas She is one. a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> she has value for her time. <laughs> yeah, so we've got the monster, whatever your Christmas one, Anna and the Apocalypse. I like Shell. And this. But my likeness for her is diminishing. <laughs> and what did she think of Prince of Darkness? Uh, she didn't watch it with me this time, but she has seen it previously and did like it because she's, you know, she's got sense. She loved St. Maud. She loved, like, one, one, one of her favourites is... Um, Two one of her, three. <laughs> one, of, one of her favourite films is Escape from New York. She fucking loves Gunn's film. So she's, she's good. I've got a good wife. I've got a Going back to... Sorry, sorry, to the news. Alice to Co- the news. No, but you're, you're bringing Shell in because of Alice Cooper, I presume, because she likes Alice Cooper. Yeah, we even have a cat called Alice mm-hmm. named after Alice Cooper, so... But the, the reason... There's an interesting, like, a bit tidbit about things, but the reason Alice Cooper was even in the film because he was on set because he wanted to watch how one of the stunts was done. Okay. So he wanted because he was curious about doing it for his show. So one of the, and so how do I die by bicycle? <laughs> that was well, his, Alice. That was already his. Oh, okay. That was already his one. So he like that's why like they basically come to because his manager was a producer on the film apparently. Okay. So like they, he was able to come to set and he wanted to watch a thing and then. Carpenter was like, mate, do you want to fucking I, be in the film? Do you want to kill a man it, with it, a bicycle? It, it's, <laughs> I remember we can do your trick. Yeah, it's essentially that's how it happened. And then he was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. And it I can watch your thing and you, I'll yeah. show you my it's thing. It's funny because you mentioned the words, uh, the reason Alice Cooper happened to be in the film is because when I was doing some research today, uh, you know, you get like Google searches and Quora pops up every now and oh, yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I just noticed in the corner of my eye is like, why is Alice Cooper in The Prince of Darkness? <laughs> and I was like, probably because he was asked. I don't know. Like, but well, but the if there's a bit more, yeah, no, very much so. I did make a note that the guy killed by Alice Cooper was ironically listening to Alice Cooper on his headphones. <gasps> Do you know what song he was listening to? Uh, Prince of Darkness. It was Prince of Darkness. <laughs> I mean, no. In that case, that we can't even consider any other options. No, death. best death, best death, one hundred percent. Okay. The right, pit. let's move on. So the pit, the worst character. This this one is done. Which one's done? Is done. Uh, the horny Asian guy uh, who's in big trouble yeah. in Little China. So as I did. Well. Yeah. So I did consider him. He do you know, he does like no work in the whole film. Everyone else He's is at so least lazy. doing work. He, he just hangs out in a kitchen and hides, just like makes hides, fucking hides jokes. in the cupboard. Yeah, 
Normally, I've, I wrote this down. Normally, I like the dominant woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is, he's awful. And then at the point when he's. But he's suddenly, great in Big Trouble in Little China. I've got nothing against him. Yeah. He's great in that. It's awful in this. Following through the wall, and you're like, you could have been doing this half an hour ago, and then yeah. these demented demon women wouldn't be about to catch you. Maybe you I. Lazy would, fuck. Do you know what? Maybe I would actually throw that in as like the axe. Maybe just chuck a quick axe in there. Like the ability, them trying to break that <laughs> thin wall. One hundred percent. Give me a solid run up. I'll get through that. It may be a couple of tries, and I'm not very big. And he was just wisecracking on the other side. It's like to put some work in. I have to say, apart from the initial spurt from Satan, all the other spurts were pretty weak. Ass, Small spurts. You know? They they spent all their money on one spurt. Kind of like that toilet break I just. <laughs> Um, can I so I don't know what I'm going to say about this point so I'm going to say it now go for it um, for me the one of the things that I think is best about Prince of Darkness and saddest is the pathos of the uh, I can't remember his name but the uh, character who is the religious character and he gets t- transformed he gets turned this sputum goes on to him and then sputum. he's just looking Ruth, at himself this is why we bring you sputum and Looking in the mirror at himself for ages, and he's like starts laughing. laughing and it's called Lomax. I've got, Lomax. His, I've got his name. And he's down like as... he's crying and he's kind of laughing. And I'm ah, uh, I find it very sad because he's sort of the one who almost is confronting the horror of what he's become. But the, he like has an awareness. The girl of the at horror. the end of that is when she sees yeah, the reflection yeah, as well. Yeah, that's it? true. Is it Linda? Yes. Um, I'm looking now. Sorry. Okay. Hey, either way, blonde lady who yeah. becomes the Satan, essentially. Um, I thought that was she had Susan. A better, Susan. 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 She had a better. I thought she was better. Either way, uh, neat, anyway. We're, we're do, we're nice doing, tight bangs. We're doing, we're doing the pit, and none of these are making it in the pit anyway. No, 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 no. They're not in the pit. So, there is a guy in it who is, I don't know his name. My notes say he has a mullet and a grey sweatshirt. Oh, God, he hardly does anything. He's useless, but he's there all the time. He says fuck all. He does nothing. Do you, do you know, the one thing he does is when someone bursts in, <laughs> into the room, he's like standing on a platform with a plank and gently hits him in the head <laughs> and he gets knocked off. Like, a, you have the high ground. One of the, one of the things I wrote that, uh, a note about this, and it's, it's, it's not that it should be cut, it should be more more addressed more is there's uh and it's in all movies or not all movies but in certain movies um there is that scene where one of the guys gets killed outside mm-hmm. and then they hear him shout or something and they look out this tiny window they're all peering out this tiny window and he's like my like miles away from them mm. all and they're all looking at him and stuff like that and then they go oh Look at him. It's like he's got these insects all pouring out his body and stuff like that. But he's so far away. How can they tell? How can they tell? It's all dark. It's like they've got amazing eyesight for 35-year-olds. That's a really common thing. (laughs) An 18-year-old student, sure. They're the eyesight of the people they're playing. But is the it, is it, there's always a thing in... That's, in, that's in, great acting. There's a thing in a lot of movies where there's somebody so far away and that's they true. spot something. Happens all the time, doesn't it? I never... I'm just like... I'm just like, I'm I, squinting, I can like, barely make out what's going on. Rather than are the subtitles on on the screen? I can't see. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I forgot. I, I'm, I'm going to jump back. Have we chosen three films with uh, martyrdom in them? 
or at that's least that's true actually or self-sacrifice yeah, self-sacrifice right. uh, maybe mean, not martyrdom but self-sacrifice that's religion for you right yeah. that's religion <laughs> well I definitely, I definitely thanks for checking in we're not the bees <laughs> well I definitely thought that of two of them and I, I just no tried. you're right it's yeah, true I, because I, no but I completely, I completely blanked his film as a <sighs> film how dare you but you're right. It's a piece it's, of shit. <laughs> it is. It's a, a theme that runs through, and I suppose it probably. I mean that. Yeah. Well, that his films are a piece of shit. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you are right. So, so, I mean, let, let's 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 move on. Uh, final final girl. girl. Did I press it? Nope. <laughs> no, Doesn't there she emerge in the video at the end? Oh yes, we didn't does. talk about the videos, the, the dreams. I, I love say. those. I, and, and the thing is, on this this watch, uh, the dreams uh, for people that haven't seen it, um, they it always seems to be like the the antichrist or the antimatter, the anti god, the anti god uh, yeah. coming out of the church at the end, and and it's a, a hallucination, and there's a broadcast, isn't there? Uh, and it's implied it's kind of a message from the future, isn't it? Yeah. So again, the idea that science now could not do it but science in the future will have this ability to exactly. send these messages back exactly <laughs> have you got any um one star reviews? of course i do <laughs> more, more than the seventh sign more let more. me tell you that <laughs> nonsense i find it hard to um believe. i i i'm gonna save the the worst and the best for last <laughs> it's an equal link I so, nothing uh, the first one uh liquid satan more like liquid boredom I know, like, pretty rubbish. I, I just like the fact they refer to it as liquid. To be sodium. honest, I actually would understand if someone thought the film was boring and dull. I don't agree. No, do, do you know why though? Because I know that everyone same, goes melty. Same reason, not like the Devil's Rain. Oh no, not that melty. But you've got some good melting going on. Is it, no, obviously, we all know it's a great film. As we said earlier on this podcast, intelligent, like character-building <laughs> things are not welcome. With the plebs. But the plebs, <laughs> don't they like a vomiting green spew, a sputum? If it's yeah, fucking, they only got it once. Only if it's by James Cameron. <laughs> uh, the second one was, uh, I guess I don't, <laughs> I guess, sorry, I'll say that again. The second one was, I guess I either don't like John Carpenter, or I didn't like this film, or I don't like him or this film. <laughs> I guess it's definitely one of those it's options. One of those, which made me laugh. And the last one, which is the worst yet the best, um, just simply bottom of the barrel. Harsh. Oh, yeah. Well, what barrel? The well, canister of Satan. The, the canister of Satan. That's a, that's why. She like. said bottom of the canister. Well, no, it's not a saying, is it? No, there's. <laughs> bottom, of the, yeah, bottom of the barrel is, is a real saying yeah, yeah, you got great. me there you got me there that's a real saying <laughs> which I think it's a hell saying hell Satan I can't believe we've gone this far without through a horror podcast without fucking shouting hell saying yeah I know I literally right. have written a song called hell saying and oh, so, look we're promoting Roof's podcast not your fucking album <laughs> we can promote everything we like so Roof's got a podcast Boom has got an album. I got fuck all going. That's <laughs> called Devil and Savior by Old Man Boom. Ruth. Oh, my podcast is called Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. It's not about horror films, but it is about horrific things. Often, uh, there you are. Um, I think today was a good a good day for film for us. I thought <laughs> it wasn't a good. I, no, I would disagree. It was a good day for film for one <laughs> one person's choice. I say it was a good day for film because today was the day that we didn't watch Jazz's film. 
So uh, we've come to the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Just before we go, uh, we've we've touched upon religious films. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I was choosing between uh, my apparently rubbish film and The Prophecy, which is well worth watching. Uh, any other recommendations from you guys? Amulet. Amulet. Yeah, Tom Bad's really good. I was also tempted to mention um, Impetigor, which is a really cool Indonesian film. Um. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. I won't go too far. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think I think we should end with some sort of recommendations of other ones that we would have that almost made the list. But uh, that's, it's a for, nice idea. that's for next. That's for next Easter. And with that, um, hail Satan! Hail Satan, everyone! Enjoy your eggs. Yeah.